Hey everybody and welcome back to Steve's NRL Footy Tips for Round 14. I'm your host, Stephen Westway. Recording on a Thursday afternoon today, we are almost 24 hours removed from State of Origin Game 1, which was a, a core stadium up there at Sydney last night. And I was up there attending it and, you know, as a beloved New South Wales Blues supporter... Safe to say the result didn't go our way, but what an exciting series it's shaping up to be. Queensland, the victors, 16-10 to 10 against the Blues. I'm going to dissect that game momentarily, but before I do, I want to thank my special guests last week for being on the show, Matt Cosru, Matt DuPont, and Josh Duncan. We covered Round 13 and State of Origin 1. They were excellent guests as always, and while all of us tipped the Blues because all of us are passionate Blues supporters, um, let's just say that you know while we didn't get the result right, it's shaping up to be a, a high-quality series. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, last night was settled, you know, by one trial, six-point game. And Queensland played with so much passion and so much heart. And I think that's something the Blues were lacking. And we're going to look into that in a second. But uh, I want to congratulate myself. I mean, first of all, um, Josh and Coz, I think, dominated the footy tips last week. They got three out of four, I think, both of them. And... Me and uh, Dupont struggled a little bit. I think he got two out of four. I got one out of four, and we all tipped the Blues, obviously, as well. But I did manage to pick the first try scorer, Jack Wyden. That's right. He went in first uh, in the 14th minute last night. So he was paying 14 to one. I hope you guys jumped on that. Other than that, a little bit you know, more unsuccessful in terms of predicting the game, but it was good to get a result in first try scorer. And I think in my first season on the podcast, I got two out of three. First try score is correct, so let's hope we can continue that going into game two, which is just over two weeks away. That'll come at you at the 26th of June on Sunday in the standalone round. So uh, the representative round, that is. But going back to last night, and, you know, it's hard to dissect because I watched it live, obviously, on the ground. And you guys see more on TV than you do if you're at the game. But the atmosphere and the feeling on the ground, and being surrounded by, you know, all those Blues supporters. I was right near the Blatchies Blues, and they were very vocal throughout the game. I haven't gone back and rewatched the whole game, just because uh, by the time I got home this morning, it was about 2 a.m., and, you know, you're, you're more determined to watch a replay of a game when your team wins, and obviously the Blues didn't get the job done. But my initial opinions were, as I mentioned, I just thought that Queensland came out and... You know, came out physical like we thought they would. Their big forward pack really, um, you know, dominated the middle of the ruck. And I don't think New South Wales responded well enough. Uh, Campbell Gillard and Huss tried. Um, but, you know, the likes of, of Sims and, and Martin didn't make a huge amount of metres with the ball. Martin was enormous defensively. So was Damien Cook. But I just feel like Queensland really won that ruck battle. And, you know, they're starting uh, front rowers. uh Pabalee, he was a little bit quiet, but Big Tino and Ruben Cotter really set the stage early. Ben Hunt was good in his stint, and then when they brought Carrigan and and Collins off the bench, and they both played big minutes as well. Carrigan, 64 minutes. He was enormous. Harry Grant came on and really straightened up the attack, and they looked good early. And yes, as a New South Wales fan, you always thought, well, we're in for a tough night here, because while Queensland's execution wasn't uh, wasn't great to start the game, and they, they couldn't crack New South Wales for a, a long period in that first half... You just felt that that momentum was all with them. And Jerome Luai and Nathan Cleary for New South Wales, they didn't have their best game. Kicking game was really off. It was probably Cleary's worst performance in the Origin Arena up to this point, in my opinion. But the forwards, um, as I mentioned, the ruck speed, it was really slow. It really suited Queensland. And New South Wales really struggled to generate any momentum. 
and really get down Queensland's end. I think in the first half an hour, the Blues managed to get one set down the opposition's try line, and they scored a try through Jack Warden. So, you know, it was it was one of those things where I think that the Fords needed to be better. Probably had the Daniel Tupo and, and Brian Toe from New South Wales, both over 200 metres. I think they carried the ball well. Um, but, yeah, if you're Queensland, you're loving it because in the second half, and near the end of the first, I mean, it was a, a great first try for uh, Dane Gagai off the Selwyn Cobbo grubber kick. And I, we all thought he was going to be in for a big game, Selwyn. And I think he delivered. He didn't score a try, but man, he was enormous, 162 metres. And it was a great vision to put that grubber in and, and get Gagai over the line. Junior Paulo's uh, no try before half time really hurt the Blues. And, you know, there's, there's question marks over whether Cherry Evans, you know, um, Got a, you know, whether he was Junior Paulo was impeded in that scrum and Cherry Evans, you know, could score so easily. But at the end of the day, the Blues have to be better. And I just thought that the passion and the heart that Queensland showed was enormous. And I think that's on the back of the coaching team and, and what Billy Slater has been able to assemble there. He's brought in Cameron Smith and Jonathan first. And those guys, those three guys, know Origin pretty much better than anyone. And, you know, I just think that some of the Blues out there, while they're trying hard, they just like that passion and that desire that Queensland did. And I'm looking like at guys like, you know, Tarek Sims, I don't think had a great performance. He always tries hard for the Blues. I just don't think he could get into his natural rhythm last night. Isaiah Yo was particularly disappointing for me as well. He played pretty much as a first receiver, like he does with Penrith. But I would have liked to see him take the, the line on a little bit more. And he came off. He didn't play the 80 minutes. And I thought Murray actually... Uh, played better than Yo when Murray got on the field. So, um, dis- disappointed there. Junior Paulo didn't have the impact that I thought he would coming off the bench. And I think that, you know, while he's a bigger guy by design, obviously, he's a big damaging forward, uh, front rower. I thought that he was caught out defensively a few times. And, you know, at the end of the day, when you play 30 minutes, I don't think that five runs for 33 metres is good enough. Likewise for um, Stephen Crichton, obviously a little bit of a different situation, him being you know, the bench utility, and he came on the second half when Katoni Staggs came off. But he played 28 minutes, uh, Stephen Crichton, four runs for 15 metres, probably not good enough in origin level. So speaking of Katoni Staggs, he's then the night ended early and with that cork. And, you know, I'm sure he was in a fair bit of pain at the time. It looked like he was, but this is state of origin, and I don't know if he should be coming off with a cork. So I just feel like the Blues need to be better and um, executing, and especially their kicking game. I don't think Cleary found grass often in the whole game, and that really put them on the back foot, and their forwards didn't step up, and Queensland just bashed us. And, you know, hats off to Queensland. The guys like Ruben Cutter and Jeremiah Nenai, I know he's injured, but they just added so much energy. Lindsay Collins as well, and it was just a huge performance by Queensland. Those two second-half tries that they scored... You know, they saw Stephen Crichton in the tackle. They spread it out. Valentine Holmes gets it from the cutout pass, um, I believe, by Munster or Cherry Evans. I think it might have been Munster to score that second one, uh, that third try, sorry. And the second one, obviously, Cherry Evans threw the scrum. So um, the Blues may to be better defensively. They may to be up to the fight more. And in saying that, they weren't too far behind the Maroons. But being up in the game was just a disappointing feeling throughout the crowd of 80,000 last night uh, to see the Blues go down. And while there's changes that must be made, and if I have to throw a few names like I already have yet, Tony Staggs, Stephen Crichton, Tarek Sims, uh, for mine, Junior Paulo, and potentially Ryan Madison might all be on the chopping board. I don't know if the Blues should panic and make five changes, but I think those guys are probably the five under the most pressure heading into game two. So, um, 
yeah, you know, as I mentioned, it was it was a very disappointing feeling. History's against the Blues now. Only two New South Wales Blues have won a decider in Suncorp ever, and that was the 1994 and 2004 New South Wales Blues teams, which might be the two best Blues teams of all time. So it's going to be tough for the Blues, especially considering when you look at just teams that have lost game one, only nine out of 40 teams have recovered to win the series since you know, State of Origin in 1982 became a free match series. So hats off to the Maroons. They were, as I mentioned, outstanding. And can you guys expect anything less when you've got such a great, you know, legend of our game in Billy Slater taking up the reins as coach? He understands what State of Origin is. So does the people around him. And I think that he really passed on his desire and passion when he played um, over to those players last night. So hats off to the Maroons. The Blues were heavy favorite going into the game, but... Maroons, Queensland basically outplayed the Blues in every aspect of the game, especially with those forwards in the middle of the field in the ruck. So um, that is my State of Origin review, I guess, for Game 1. As I mentioned, we're going to have a Game 2 preview in a couple of weeks' time. But, man, the Blues have got a lot of work to do in the next two weeks. And so do some of these teams in the Telstra Premiership race. I mean, it's heating up. We're up to Round 14 now. Obviously, the attention's been directed to State of Origin, but the NRL season is reaching that crucial point where there's teams that are in contention for the top four and the top eight that, you know, need to get wins on the board to, to stay in touch and cement their position in those spots. But there's also a bit of a, you know, dynamic shift in the in the bottom eight and teams that are really struggling need to hit some forms at the right part of the season. And a State of Origin period is a good way for some of these lower teams to escape with some wins and try to salvage the rest of their 2022 season. And as such, we've seen two major coaching changes this week. Nathan Brown said that he could not commit to moving to New Zealand after this season, uh, long-term. So the Warriors made the decision to, to cut it then and there. And Stacey Jones is going to come in as the interim coach. And let's be honest, Nathan Brown's probably under a little bit of pressure anyway. But we'll see if Stacey Jones, the New Zealand legend of rugby league, can inspire... Um, you know, a bit of a, a rise from this form slump that the Warriors are currently in. And likewise, Michael Maguire has finally been shown the door at the West Tigers. Obviously, this was cooking for a while there. The Tigers weren't completely satisfied um, over the number of years, and as they should be, because they have not made the finals uh, since, what, 2011 now. So it's been a disappointing 10 years. They've gone through five coaches, however. however and I really rate Michael Maguire as a coach. I'm a South Sydney fan, and... You know, the changes that he implemented to South Sydney when he came into that club in 2012 really set the stage for that 2014 premiership uh, when he was coach as well. And he really added a lot of professionalism to our, to our club. But it just didn't seem like a right fit at the Tigers. And I've got no doubt that, you know, he'll find another job. And find the New Zealand Warriors, I'm having chats with Michael Maguire and seeing if he could potentially move over to New Zealand because we saw him do great work with CS. We saw him do great work over in the Super League before that with St. Helens. So I think that Michael Maguire would be a great pickup for any club, even in an assistant coach role. But I think the Warriors might keep an eye on him and, and might, you know, should have some conversation with him over a potential head coaching role. So uh, the Tigers are going to obviously use Brett Kamali for the rest of the year, but two big major shakeups in the landscape of NRL. I don't think I've ever seen a day with two coaches getting sacked in the same day. So we'll see what impact that has on their clubs this weekend. And, you know, we may as well get to it. Round 14, it is um, going to be a big round. Eight teams back. Who knows who's going to back up from State of Origin. So there's a lot of intrigue heading into the rounds. And there's only one game on Friday nights. And there's a Monday game because of the long weekend as well. So let's get into our round, three, uh, round 14 preview. But before we do that, 
Please remember to like Steve's NRL footy tips on Facebook. If you haven't, like, subscribe, and share wherever you guys listen to your favorite podcast, whether it be Spotify, Apple Podcast, or Anchor. And, you know, like the Facebook page at Steve's NRL Footy Tips. It is the best way to stay notified with all the latest updates uh, on the show. Without further ado, let's get to my Round 14 preview, and it all kicks off, as I mentioned, this Friday night. And the Round 14 action kicks off on Friday night at 7.55pm from Queensland Country Bank Stadium. As my voice struggles to get through the show, obviously, you know, a lot of noise I was making in State of Origin last night, but I'll do my best to continue. I'll take a drink of water. Give me one second. But the action continues, as I mentioned. It, it kicks off round 14, Queensland Country Bank Stadium. The North Queensland Cowboys hosting the St. George Yellow Dragons. And for the Cowboys, it's going to be interesting to see what Origin Stars back up. There has been a few that have been left out of the team list this week. Tom Dearden's in the 19 jersey. Nenai at 20. Cotter at 22. And Valentine Holmes at 23. So... I'd expect majority of those guys to back up. Tom Dearden definitely will be there after being the 18th man last night for Queensland. Jeremiah Nenai had a, Nenai had a little bit of injury concerns, so he's got a bit of question mark around him. I, Valentine Holmes had a big game, and so did Ruben Cotter. So, you know, a little bit vulnerable this week, potentially the North Queensland Cowboys, but overall they name basically the same team that ran out last week and handily disposed of the Gold Coast Titans. I thought that the Titans could upset that, but, you know, the Cowboys were big winners in that game, and it was an enormous second half for them. They, of course, ran away with that victory, 32-6 to last weekend. So, um, you know, the guys that came in definitely did the job. I thought Ben Hinton played well, um, especially with Chad Townsend. Chad Townsend kind of leading that team around still. The Hammer, obviously, is going to take his spot in the lineup as well after last week. Scott Drinkwater was enormous, and really, they really just out-muscled and out-infused the Gold Coast Titans forwards with their big forward packs led by Jason Tamalola. It was a big performance uh, with him back from injury. So, you know, they're going to be hard to beat at any stadium this year, and they've really made a huge impression. The Cowboys pretty much surprised everybody. They've really kind of built a graveyard up there at Queensland Country Bank Stadium. So for the Dragons, it's going to be a big challenge on tomorrow night to really, um, you know, be able to upset them. But the Dragons should be up for the game because they find themselves in a position where they're ninth in the ladder. They've got six wins and six losses. Seahawks are eighth, also with six wins and six losses. And next Thursday night from Wynn Stadium, the Rabbitohs play the Dragons. So, you know, if they can potentially steal a win here and we assume that the Rabbitohs beat the Titans later in the weekend, then that sets up that Wynn Stadium battle basically as a battle for the top eight next weekend. So, really, the Dragons have it all to play for at this point. You know, I think that a lot of people... Would be happy with how they travelled. Six wins and six losses is probably a pass mark for this Dragons squad. And I feel like in the past month, they're starting to find their groove a little bit. I mean, Cody Ramsey at fullback has been impressive um, since moving back there. I don't know if he's the long-term option, but I think he's adding a lot more than Moses Zembai did. And he's probably a little bit more confident than Tyrell Sloan is at the moment, even though I think Sloan's got a big future. Um, the Dragons have their own state of origin concerns in Ben Hunt and Terry Sims, but considering Ben Hunt only played 38 minutes and... You know, Sims wasn't his usual electric self. I probably expect them both to back up, um, you know, tomorrow night. And if you believe what former State of Origin say, a lot of them say that it's easier to back up the quicker the game is on the weekend after a big Origin match because, you know, that adrenaline is still pumping and you haven't really had time to, to settle down and, um, you know, really feel the pain from that big match situation. So I think they'll both play. I think the Dragons 
will basically be at full strength. They welcome back Jaden Sewell this week, um, which is which is massive uh, for them. He's been named in the 19 jersey, but all reports are that he will, will play. Josh McGuire's in the 18 jersey, so I expect a couple of late changes. I mean, Jaden Sullivan, I don't know what he's adding in the 17, so um, I think one of those two will come into the bench, and then obviously if uh, Tarek Sims you know, isn't ready to back up for any reason, then you've got two ready-made replacements there, and as I mentioned, I think the Dragons start to play a pretty good brand of football. Um, you know, they're still not perfect, and they're a very inconsistent team. You never know kind of what they're going to produce, and they didn't make it easy for themselves to fortnight against the Bulldogs at all, but they got the win. Same with the Warriors the week prior. So each week's given them more confidence, and, you know, maybe they're starting to believe that they can go on a run and potentially still 7 for 8 spot in this competition race. So, um, you know, it's a big occasion for them, Ben Hunt. You know, he's going to be out to impress again. So I just feel like this game is kind of teetering on a on knife's edge here in terms of the Cowboys have been up for such a long period of time. And, you know, they could be short a few troops again this week. And they were brave last week against the Titans to get up. And, and especially in that second half and really, you know, win convincingly. But I just feel like at one point we're going to see a less than perfect, you know, North Queensland performance. They're going to be down a week. Um in terms of those effort areas and, you know, just because of the fatigue, because of the start of the year that they've had. And, you know, if there's any week where I think an opposition can potentially expose them, I think it might be this week with the Dragons. I just feel like, as I mentioned, the Dragons are starting a little, a little bit more confident. They're still not ex- executing perfectly in how you'd want them to be if they're going to be a finals team this year. But as I mentioned, the Cowboys been up for a long period of time. They're weakened this week. I think the Dragons might be able to expose them a little bit. And as impressive as last week was against the Titans for the Cowboys, they were versing, you know, a down-on-form and down-on-confidence Gold Coast Titans team. So I actually like the Dragons as a little bit of an upset here. The only thing that concerns me is the heat up there in um, Queensland Country Bank Stadium. Down here at Wollongong, we've had a lot of rain recently, and the Dragons are kind of used for the cold weather. They need to really be ready for a big performance here. And, um, you know, they're big forwards, the Dragons. They do have a big forward pack. If they get fatigued easily, I see the likes of, um, you know, Scott Drinkwater and Dearden and Townsend really exposing that and, um, you know, getting some good lines for these young players like Gilbert and Lukey and, and Nenai if he backs up. You know how explosive they can be and how dynamic runners of the football they are that they can expose the Dragons a little bit there. But I just feel like the Dragons, they're going to step up a game this year and really make a statement to say that we're here and we're here to make the top eight. I think that this is a perfect week to do that. They've got a weakened Cowboys side. I'm actually going to tip the Dragons as a huge upset. The Dragons by four points for me to kickstart round 14. Round 14 continues with my favorite time of the week. It's Super Saturday. The action will kick off at 3 p.m. from Seabus Super Stadium when the Gold Coast Titans take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. And for the Titans, their season really, if it could get any worse, got worse last Friday night and it was a Dow performance, a terrible performance, let's be honest, against the North Queensland Cowboys. They got destroyed 34-6 in that game. And for the Gold Coast Titans, it was a winnable match. I thought, you know, Cowboys with several origin players out. The Titans desperately needing a win. They would step up and, you know, have a performance. You know, while they don't, might not have won the game, they would keep it close. But the effort areas just aren't there at the moment for the Titans. And it's compounded by the injury to Jaden Campbell. He's probably been their best player for the past few weeks. He's out long-term. AJ Brimson's gone back to fullback this week. Toby Sexton keeps his halfback spot, and Paul Turner comes into 5'8 um, to try to make a difference and try to add some attack. He's 
player, and he's also got a pretty good game management, a good boot on him, Paul Turner. I thought he was impressive with his limited opportunities at the New Zealand Warriors in the past few seasons. So it'll be interesting to see how he goes with his first taste of rugby league in the top grade in 2022. So um, obviously their forward pack needs a fire under him, and Big Tino might provide that. You know, he's been really performing uh, as of late and you know that experience that he's gained in Queensland yet again another big performance last night if he backs up which I think he'll have to if there are any chance in this game I think it's up to him to really put the onus on these other guys and, and lift them with him because you know I haven't been impressed by McIntyre, Firma, Luai these past few weeks they just seem like turnstools and a lot of opposition making easy meters through the middle of the ruck so I really think that Titans need to, you know, tighten up defensively in that middle area of the field, and their forwards just are losing the battle at the moment. They need to be making more meters. They need to be putting pressure back on the opposition, and you know they need to be getting up uh, in the opposition's faces defensively and try to force some errors of their own because we know they make plenty, and their game management hasn't been great. So it's going to be a tough ask on Thursday uh, on Friday. Sorry, on Saturday we're at Thursday. What what am I talking about? It's been a long twenty four hours. On Saturday against South Sydney, who, you know, haven't been playing great football this season either, but they really got it together a fortnight ago in the second half against the Tigers where they got, you know, end up being big winners. Latrell Mitchell apparently is fitter than ever, lost eight kilos. He does have COVID, so he's not playing this week, potentially in doubt for next week as well. But there's definitely positives for South Sydney at the moment. Um, It'll be interesting, obviously, to see if Damian Cook and Cam Murray back up this week. Cody Nicarima's in the fullback spot and they've taken Blake Taff out of the 17 entirely. Peter Mamazulos takes his spot um, as, you know, the utility on the bench. And I think the reason they've done that is because he's a specialist hooker. And to be honest, 56 tackles, no misses. Uh, Damien Cook was pretty tired there in that game. I would not be surprised if Cook is rested for that spot. Uh, Mamazoulis comes into the hooker spot and Taft gets his bench utility spot back. So expect that to probably happen game day. I do think Cam Murray will back up. I think they need at least one of the two to back up and Cam Murray's the more likely to do that. Despite, you know, having that shoulder injury recently, I thought he was impressive for CFs in that Tigers game. I thought he was impressive in State of Origin 1. And as I mentioned, CF City now playing great football at the moment. Cody Walker and Ilias still seem down on confidence, but... They completed it over 80% in that game against the Tigers, and that's why they won the game. They cut out the silly errors, then they continue to do that. Their forward pack's getting better week by week. The inclusions of Tom Burgess and Mark Nichols back from injury, and obviously with Cam Murray, the inspirational leader the last few weeks, have been huge. And, you know, the meters and the yardage that those players can make can make all the difference. And, you know, I think that them going in doing the hard work is giving... Players like Kaloa Matangi, Jai Arrow, and Kingwell Graham out there in the centre more room to do their magic. So I think CS are on the up at the moment. I think that, you know, the next couple of games are pretty suitable for them. The Gold Coast Titans into the St. George Yellow Dragons. They find themselves with a 50% winning record this year in an eight spot. But it's important week for, uh, it's important fortnight for CS to really climb that ladder. And, um, you know, eight eight wins, six losses is a lot more impressive than six point uh, losses and six wins and six losses. So... Big fortnight for them, especially if they're going to be playing finals football in 2022. And with Gold Coast down on confidence, I expect CS Sydney to be big winners this week. And I feel like they should be, and they should be out there to make a statement. Gold Coast will be better. They'll have to be better. Justin Holbrook, the pressure's you know, growing on him week by week. But I've just got CF Sydney being too classy. I think Cody Walker's going to have a big game. And I've got CF Sydney by 22 to kickstart Super Saturday. It's open up to be one of the best Super Saturdays of the year. This game's going to be massive. 5.30 p.m. 
from the Sydney Crook Round. The Sydney Roosters host the Melbourne Storm. And, you know, these teams have developed quite a rivalry over recent years, going back to the 2018 Grand Final, of course. And both of them are heavily origin-affected. Um, for the Roosters, it's going to be interesting to see if Tedesco, um, Lindsay Collins, if they back up. And um, obviously, Suwali will be right. But those two and Daniel Tupo... For Melbourne, they've got problems in terms of Xavier Coates getting injured last night in Origin. I don't know how severe that is, but Cameron Munster, Harry Grant, and Felice Kafusi as well, all potentially got to back up. All those players that I mentioned have been named in these teams' lists this week, but as I mentioned, it's going to be a big game, a big occasion on Saturday afternoon, and we'll see how they pull up in the next few days to see if they play. But for the Roosters, I mean, they were really good last weekend against the Raiders. I thought Joey Manu was enormous as fullback, and they're starting to get a little bit more confident as the season goes on, and, um, you know, I just feel like they're still a top four chance. I feel like they can still give this competition a, a shake and really, you know, cause some headaches for, you know, the, the heavyweights of this competition. So the Storm better be careful. They're better up, up for the challenge on a Saturday night. I feel like Munster's probably long odds to play. So, you know, they're not setting the house on fire, the world on fire at the moment, uh, the Melbourne Storm. Obviously, a couple of t- tough losses against the Panthers and the Tigers. Uh, sorry, the Panthers and the Cowboys the past few weeks. And, you know, they got a win two weekends ago to um, get back to the winner's circle when they got the um, got the Manly Seagulls 28-8. But that was a DR affair as well. So I haven't seen a huge performance by Melbourne in a few weeks, and it, it, it's been pretty, you know, un-Melbourne-like, to be honest. And I think Bellamy's really going to have a fight up this week. The positives is that with the injury problems and the origin backups, their young guys are even gaining more experience. I think Nick Meany's been fantastic at fullback. Um, the likes of Larimar and, and Seve look better each week. And, you know, that famous bench of theirs, um, it's got some experience there with Smith and Kamakamika at the moment. But Trent Lorano, Alec McDonald, whoever they put in, they know they're going to do the job. And it's going to be a big battle against the Roosters because the Roosters' forward pack is damaging and they can do a lot of damage if you're not careful. The likes of uh, Collins, Takiaho, Cryden, Tuna PR, and I know that Hargraves is still out hurt, but the Storm, the onus is on them to really step up and, and deliver a good performance here because I think the Roosters are going to be out to make a statement for the rest of the competition um, in this game. And, you know, it's, I really think this is a toss of the coin depending on who backs up, depending on who plays, but... I just think that the professionalism of the storm gets them gets them over the line a little bit, and um, you know it's hard to tip the Roosters. As I mentioned, you can get you make an argument either team, but it's hard to tip against Craig Bellamy at the best of times. And you know if Tedesco doesn't play, obviously the Roosters are a completely different team. And I'm still not completely confident with their halves, Walker and Heary. And I think that Jerome Hughes has been a big addition the last few weeks for Melbourne, and has really, you know. Helped, helped everyone, really, with his game management, with his kicking game. And, you know, it's going to, as I mentioned, it's a toss of the coin battle on, on Saturday night. You can't really dissect it too further because we don't know who's backing up and who's not. But I'm going to go the Storm um, to, to win this game by eight points. And I feel like Craig Bellamy is going to have his team up and ready for a huge defensive performance um, this week. Expect them to really target Tedesco if he plays or Mano if he plays. I feel like they know that, they make such a big... Whoever's at fullback for the Roosters, whether it's either one of those gentlemen, makes such a huge difference to the attack and is a huge threat in line, more so than their halves. So if they shut down their fullback, they really limit the amount of points that the Roosters can score. And, you know, regardless of who it is, 
And obviously, if Tedesco plays, it's going to be a fatigued Tedesco. I just feel like the Storm will um, really aim in and, and set their focus on putting as much pressure on them every time they touch the ball. So I've got the Storm by, uh, by eight points on Saturday night. Round 14 continues from Suncorp Stadium at 7.35pm when the Brisbane Broncos take on the Canberra Raiders. And for me, this could potentially be the match of the week. I think both teams are playing good football. The Broncos, obviously, you know, one of the surprise packages of 2022 there in the top four at the moment. They welcome back Adam Reynolds this week and a number of names. And, you know, Capewell hasn't been named, obviously, to back up from Origin. They've given him the week off, like... You know, the opposite of so many teams who have named their Origin stars. They have named a couple. I mean, Solon Cobbo and Katoni Staggs have both been named to back up. Who knows if Staggs will with that shoulder injury. But if the reports are right and it was a cork, then, you know, expect him to back up. And you'd hope he'd play good if he's going to keep his New South Wales centre position because, as I mentioned, I wasn't too impressed by his performance last night. Payne Haas has also been named to back up. Patrick Carrigan has, but I'm not sure if he will after, um, you know, a big effort last night. Um, in the state of origin arena. They've dropped Tyson Gamble, the Broncos. So he, Ezra Mame and Adam Reynolds will be the half. I think Ezra has been really good since he's come into first grade and adds another element to the Broncos' you know, spine. And the fact that they've been going through these different half combinations with Reynolds, I think that Mame might be the best option. He's got a good running game. Um, I think he'll complement Reynolds nicely. So it'll be interesting to see how those two um, combined throughout the game. Obviously, it's Reynolds' first game in about four weeks, so you've got to um, you've got to think that uh, the extended break will have him freshened up, and I expect a big performance from him on Saturday night. They're versing a Raiders team that they went down to the Raiders by eight points last weekend, but there's one thing that I've really admired about the Raiders this year, and that's their ability to stay in contest, to fight hard. Obviously, near the start of the year, they went for a bit of a tough break, but they've come out the other side and, and are now, you know, starting to play some really good football. So um, I feel like they're a team that you can't underestimate. Obviously, they're still in the finals contention and they're getting the best out of their forward pack. And in particular, I think this Zach Wolford kid, um, Simon's son, the relative of Simon, has been a revelation for the club. Um, he's really straight in their attack. And then you've got the one-two punch of putting Starling from the bench on. And Adam Elliott's played a bit of hooker as well and has played some really good football. The fact that he signed Newcastle is going to be a bit of a loss. But uh, they've all done the hard work. And Tarpanay and um, and Josh Papalihi have been enormous when they've taken the field. So, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see this battle between these two teams that, as I mentioned, I think they're both playing good football. The Raiders find themselves outside the eight, so they're going to need a big performance to kind of break in the mould and, and get past South Sydney and the Dragons, and Manly for that matter as well, in the competition ladder as this top eight battle becomes closer. Um, Savage has been really good, Xavier, young Xavier from the halves. I think Fogarty, you know, is not quite there in terms of being back to 100% match fit from his long-term injury. Um, but him and Wyden, it would be good to see them starting to play some matches together. And I actually think this is going to be a highly entertaining game. I mean, Brisbane are playing a good brand of football, but I think, um, you know, that they're one, two step forwards, one uh, foot back in terms of some weeks they really seem up for the challenge and some weeks they don't. And, you know, Canberra impressed me to the point the last month that they've really been up for these battles and I actually feel for them because sometimes they don't get the win and I feel like in the Parramatta match and the Roosters game they were in those matches and they could have stolen victory so um, 
I think Wyden is going to be an X-Factor. He was great last night, and I think if he backs up, it's going to be a big performance by him. I actually think Canberra are a chance of an upset here. I mean, the forward pack's going to be the big one. If Papa Lee, he plays and, and Payne Haas backs up, then that's going to be a fiery clash. Tough, and he's making a lot of metres. Um, I think the Raiders' experienced heads like Elliot Whitehead and, and Hudson Young and um, Corey here near and Ryan Sutton from the bench, and even Horsburgh has played a few games now, can really challenge the young kids from the Broncos like Ricky and Robardi and um, Jensen and... and Flegger and see if they can upset them a little, put them off their natural game. And if they can, you know, compound uh, kick pressure on the half, Adam Reynolds and Ezra Mame is a promising young kid, but he's still got an error two in his game and a missed tackle in his two, uh, in his game or two. I think their big forwards can be running at him all day. I think Canberra can find some points and I'm actually going to predict Canberra in this game by 10 points. I think the Broncos are a finals team in 2022, but I'm just really liking the style of footy uh, that Ricky Stewart has Canberra playing at this point of the season. So everybody knows my favorite time of the week is Super Saturday, but this weekend we've also got a Super Sunday, free games of footy come on your way and the action starts from Campbelltown Sports Stadium at 2pm when the West Tigers will host the Manly Seagulls and to say it's been a uh, a, a big week for the Tigers is an understatement obviously Michael Maguire as we mentioned to kick off the show has been thrown out the door by the Tigers, got in the sack after you know three and a half unsuccessful seasons at the helm of the West Tigers and you know I think he's a great coach Michael Maguire as I mentioned I think you had no trouble getting another gig but it's obvious that the West Tigers wasn't the right fit uh, for Michael Maguire. So Brett Kamal is going to be the caretaker coach, and the changes have come in this week. I mean, Alex Fall finds himself back in the first grade. Norfoluma will end his reserve grade um, stint, and he, you know, he came out last week to say that he is a first grader, and you know, he will get back to his best football. He'll find himself in the wing for them. Um, Kapoa, Stefano's out injured, uh, but Kapoa and Peachy and Stefano all out of action. For the West Tigers, and Little finds himself back in the fold there in the hooker position. So there's changes there. Jock Madden's on the bench. Oh, Joe Offingia, yeah, he's back in the lineup as well. Um, so you know, I feel like this is the start of a new beginning for the Tigers. Who knows what they're going to dish up for the rest of the year with Kamali as the interim coach? But obviously, he is a legend of our game. Kamali was a great player for a number of years there for a number of different clubs. I think he played for six or seven NRL clubs in his career, but. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they respond to the departure. I know that someone like Jackson Hastings was very close to Michael Maguire. And, you know, while I don't think all these players were close to him, um, I feel like a lot of them had a lot of respect for everything that Maguire was trying to achieve. But obviously the message wasn't getting there. So, um, you know, pressure's on Brooks and Hastings to really step up and um, lead this Tigers team around and impress whoever's going to be their future coach, and Kamali for the rest of the season. Their forward pack hasn't been up to scratch, and while they were really good two weekends ago about against South Sydney in that um, in that first half, the points just flowed for South in the second half. They just didn't show up at all. They're versing a Manly Seagulls side that, you know, another team that's under pressure, they find themselves at, I believe it's 11th from the ladder at the moment, and um, or 10th, and, you know, they're inside of the top eight, but without Tom Trojevic for the rest of the year, um, Cherry Evans, it'll be interesting to see whether he backs up. The challenge is on them. The onus is on them for some of their, you know, not high-profile players, guys like Harbour and Kohler in the back and, and Tupanua and Saab and all these guys like Sitley who finds himself in the front row this week and Davey, those guys to step up and really, um, you know, match the standard that guys like Tom Shorovich and Cherry Evans bring. And I think Jake Shorovich was a standout in their victory over the Warriors last week. It was an impressive performance by me and Lee, all things considered. But in saying that, the Warriors uh, really didn't 
offered much resistance last week. So merely just have to keep improving. Um, I think they are confident that they can make a run for this top eight. And this week is a bit of a test for them because, you know, they've been inconsistent this season. They come up with against, you know, much winnable game against the West Tigers. You've got to think they're going to be firing on all cylinders. And after the turbulent week that the West Tigers have had, Clubs usually respond one or the other way in terms of coaches getting sacked, and that's why really coming out and making a point by having a huge performance, um, you know, to impress their new coach, or maybe they didn't get along with the old coach, or they can go the other way and their season can just compound and implode even worse than what it currently has. So it's going to be an interesting game come two o'clock Sunday. I mean, I think I wouldn't shock me to see a Tigers upset victory, but the way that they're, they're traveling. The turmoil at the club at the moment is probably impossible to tip. I'm going to tip the Manly Seagulls by 14 points on Sunday afternoon, which will get them straight back in the battle for the top eight. Round 14 continues at 4.05 p.m. on Sunday afternoon when the Newcastle Knights host the Penrith Panthers. The Knights, obviously, it has been a bit of a season to forget for them. And, um, you know, while they've managed to edge out a couple wins as of late, it's pretty much, you know, focus on the future from this point out if you're a Newcastle fan and really get, you know, systems and, and these young guys ready for the future of the club. And, you know, Caelan Ponga had a very good game for Queensland last night. I thought he's one of their best. Um, he will back up probably on Sunday afternoon, you'd think, with that extended break. Um, so will Gagai and Tyson Rizzoli didn't play for New South Wales, but he was in the system. He should be right to go as well. It'll be interesting to see how they match up against the Penrith Panthers side that... You know who knows what they who they're going to play. They've named all their Origin players to back up. But if I'm Ivan Cleary, I'm really putting the brakes on a little bit and thinking who do I want to risk this weekend? Reversing the Knights team and no disrespect to Newcastle teams because you can't disrespect your opponents or your pay. But Penrith are just showing this year that they're so far ahead of pretty much any other team in the competition when they're at their best. And last week, I think the guys that they put in in that game against the Bulldogs really did a really good job. Guys like Sean O'Sullivan um, and co. Um, you know, I feel like they could potentially get away with resting a few of their players this week. And, you know, I feel like a few of them might need a bit of a stint um, on the sideline just to rest up and, and get ready for this big second half of the season. It's been a massive year for these Penrith Panthers players. And, if I'm Cleary, I'm very, very reluctant in particular to play Lou and Cleary. Um, they might want to back up, but I think in the long term, especially with a, a damaging loss and what that can do to the confidence, they might want to get out there and, you know, prove that they're still the elite halfbacks in the competition after that state of origin loss. But sometimes it's better to uh, let them rest up and get them refocused um, and, you know, not let the emotion of, of such a big defeat kind of come into the game. So, you know, it can lift them, but it also can have an opposite effect. So um, if, I, if I'm if i clear, I'm resting Luai and, 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 you know, your son, Nathan, but we'll see how he goes. There's other players that, you know, question marks on whether they'll play, most notably Liam Martin. He made over 50 tackles on the weekend and um, Isaiah Yo as well. But, you know, overall, they are the benchmark of the competition and it's a good test for Newcastle to potentially verse that benchmark with a few players out. And as I said, they're improving Newcastle. They're still not quite, you know, where I'd like them to be at this point in the season. Milford and Clifford um, is a week-in, week-out proposition in terms of their combination, and they've just got to play more football together, get more experience together, and they can get some results. And, um, you know, their forward pack has been good, but they really need to step up this week, the likes of Rizal, Clemmer, and Saifidi, if they're going to match it uh, with one of the best forward packs in the competition. And 
Expect the Appy Corsi in this game to have a blinder because I know Cook made 56 tackles and no misses, but if New South Wales are looking for, you know, a little bit of explosive, um, you know, and ability to break the line out of dummy half, Cook's capable of that, but having Corsi out there wouldn't hurt even as a bench position. So I expect him to fire up. I expect Stephen Crichton to show Brad Fittler that, you know, he's willing, um, you know, he's, he's the type player you take a second chance of. Um, on the grand stage of State of Origin, and I expect Penrith will win this game, but as I mentioned, if I'm Cleary, I'm very reluctant to play my big stars in this one. Newcastle, I think, will be up for the fight, and they should at home at Newcastle, but uh, I think Penrith run away as the winners, and, and you know, despite Newcastle being valiant, I think Penrith will win this one by 18 points. From one club with coaching drama and the Tigers, we go to the other with the New Zealand Warriors. Um, they are in action at 6.15pm on Sunday afternoon, from Morton Daly Stadium up there at Redcliffe, they're going to host the Cronulla Sharks. And we'll start with the Warriors, obviously, and a, another week to, um, you know, forget for the club, especially this one. And Nathan Brown saying he's unwilling to commit, just like Ewan Aiken and, and Matt Lodge had done prior to move to the Warriors, uh, or to New Zealand, full-time. And they just said, all right, well, we're going to have to make the decision to, to cut him loose now instead of Brownie staying out for the rest of the year and start preparing for the future. And that's what they're going to do. Stacey Jones is coming as interim coach. And let's be honest, it's been a disastrous season for the Warriors so far. I know they've got four wins. I don't know how they've got four wins, um, how they're playing. Obviously, they lost by 60 points to Melbourne about a month or two ago on the Anzac Day. And since then, it's just been one disaster after another. And Last week against Manly, they found themselves in a position where Manly were missing Tom Sorovich, they were missing Cherry Evans, still their best players. And I know that Manly have a lot of talented, um, you know, younger players in their system, but it was a real opportunity for them, the Warriors, to, um, you know, come out and make a big statement. But guys like Olukwatu and Jake Sorovich really just tore it up for Manly against them, and the Warriors offered no resistance. Soft up the middle, it was a terrible performance. Let's, let's put it mildly. Johnson and the halves aren't really doing anything, but the forward pack is just letting down at the moment. I know they brought back Tohu Harris. He still doesn't seem fully fit, in my opinion. And guys like Tavanga, Murdoch, Masilla, um, Murchie, these guys need to be better consistently. And you can't you can't win many footy games if you're not completing your sets. And the Warriors just seem like a football club that don't know their identity. They seem all over the place, and they've got to hang on to the footy, complete well, and hope the opportunities come. And at the moment, they're doing none of those things very well. So. Um, and obviously be aggressive in defense, which just has not been there uh, for pretty much the whole season. And they've seen a Cronulla Sharks team this week that, you know, they've been a little bit down on form themselves lately. They've managed to get a few wins out of the situation still. And, you know, they're still without their inspirational leader in Dale Finucane. But other than that, they're almost full strength again. Um, finally, Ramian and, and Kennedy have come back in the squad. And, you know, they're hoping, and Craig Fitzgibbon's hoping, they can get back to the footy they were playing a month or two ago because they were lighting the competition up. And, you know, it's a long season. These guys are a lot of young players, and it's a long campaign in the NRL. But, you know, basically, you want to be playing your best football at the end of the year, coming into the finals, like a team like South Sydney did when they made that crazy run to the grand final last year. But... Um, you know, you want the Warriors, uh, you want the Cronulla starting to get back to their best, and they will find, you know, no um, easier game to do that, really. No easier opposition. I know under Stacey Jones, you would expect the Warriors to step up, but if we go back to the last time these two teams played, the Warriors were up, you know, with a man advantage because of a send off, and then, you know, it was 11 on 13 at one point as well, and the Sharks just dominated the, the proceedings, and with Hines not making the Origin team, him as 18th man, suddenly with Stephen Crichton's. You know, average game and Katoni Stags injury, they're 
might be a spot opening up as the new New South Wales utility. I expect he'll take matters into his own hand on Sunday afternoon, and I think he'll have a huge performance. Their forward pack, um, I think, will just get over the top of the Warriors. The likes of Rudolph and Hunter playing good football. Cameron McInnes is just an absolute workhorse. And guys like Teague Wilden and, and Nakora, you give them some space on the outside, I think they're going to make opposition pay. So I think that uh, it's a perfect opportunity for the Sharks to build on some confidence this week, get back into the winner's circle, and... Stacey Jones is a great player and, and one of my favourites, but at the end of this year, this stint with the Warriors could be a really tough one. I think they go back to New Zealand in about three or four weeks, but, man, I don't know how many games the Warriors have got in them to win for the rest of the year. I I said, you know, I don't think that was going as bad as everybody thought they were before last week, but they were terrible last week, and I think um, it'll be no different this week. They might be a little bit better, but really their team down on confidence at the moment. I think the Sharks will make them pay. I've got Cronulla by 22 on Sunday night. We've got a bit of Monday afternoon football to wrap up the round this week, and it takes place at 4 p.m. from Accor Stadium, where State of Origin was last night when the Canterbury Bulldogs host the Parramatta Eels. I mean, what do you say about the Bulldogs? They're competing, and I think they had a pretty good second half under their interim coach, Mick Potter, last weekend against a, a Penrith team that was missing a lot of superstars. Josh Adokar and Matt Burden stepped up and were enormous, and the Fox scored one of the tries of the year via Matt Burden, but... You know, they're a team that's going to compete hard, but they just don't have the um, the star power to mix up with the big teams. Jake Avarillo has questionably been named at fullback this week, and, you know, I don't know what Corey Allen has to do to get a run there. Obviously, Dufty finds himself on the outer, but they're a club that also, just like the Tigers, just like the Warriors, they don't have an identity at the moment. They'll compete um, at times, and then at other times, they'll drop off, and you never know what you're going to get from the Bulldogs, and, you know, in terms of wins for the rest of the year, when you think about it, it becomes a pretty sad proposition when you honestly don't know how many more wins the Bulldogs can edge out this season. I know they've got Troop coming next year and um, Reed Marnie and, and Viliami kicking out, but if I'm Mick Potter, and you know it's hard because Mick Potter's not going to be the coach there next year, but if I'm you know Mick Potter or, or a coach that's coming in, what I would like to see from the from the Canterbury Bulldogs for the rest of the year, some stability in the... Um, in the spine and, and getting some confidence from them. I don't think Kyle Flanagan's playing with any confidence at the moment. Matt Burden's doing a lot. Master King's on the outer because he's signed with the Dolphins and they might not have a huge amount of options there, but what's the point of starting a hooker where you know it's going to be in the future? I think the Bulldogs have to really start preparing now um, for the future of their spine and they can have all the forwards they want in the world, the Bulldogs, but they don't have a spine to, to back it up. They're going to really struggle in the NRL and they're versus an Eagles side that, you know, this year's been up and down for them, but they're when they're on, they're on Parramatta. And um, it was a good win a couple of weekends ago against the Raiders, ruined my perfect round. But you know, I predict I said at the start of the year, if the Eels don't make the grand final this year, it's going to be a disappointment. And they usually step up against the good teams. We've seen them beat the Storm and the Panthers this year, but then they go up against a team they should beat, and they struggle and sometimes lose it. So. Parramatta have got to be very careful, like that Tigers game a month or two ago, that they do not disrespect their opponent because they disrespect their opponent. They're going to suffer, um, and sometimes they just, you know, they get bored themselves during games and, and don't show up. I expect Gutho, Brown, and Moses to have big games and really lead the rest of these Parramatta forwards, uh, the forwards and, and the backs around. And whether Campbell Gillard or Paulo back up or not, um, if they don't, that gives that Bulldogs forward back a bit of an advantage. But Parramatta should have enough IPL to beat the Bulldogs, and if they don't, you've got to start having some really big question marks over Parramatta's credentials, despite the fact that they're the only team to beat the Storm and the Panthers this season. So, um, you know, it, 
it's one of those games where, you know, we, we think that Parramatta should win by plenty. The Bulldogs will be competitive, but what else is there to say? You've got to tip Parramatta. I've got Parramatta by 24, but they've got that tendency, Parramatta, to get complacent, and if they get complacent, they're going to pay. All right, so those are my tips for round 14 of the NRL 12 Premiership. It's been a big week, as I mentioned. State of Origin was huge, and... You know, it's going to be a big game in two and a half weeks, but, uh, you know, the NRL's back, and let's concentrate on that for a few weeks. And to recap my tips for round 14, I've got the Dragons in a huge upset on a Friday night against the North Queensland Cowboys. They've gone CFC need to beat the Gold Coast on Saturday, the Melbourne Storm, to uh, get some of these troops back and get over the top of the Roosters in a toss of the coin game at 5.30. And at 7.30 on Saturday night, I've got another upset, the Canberra Raiders, to beat the Brisbane Broncos. Sunday games have gone mainly to get over the top of the Tigers. Penrith whatever side they run out to get over the top of the Knights and Cronulla to really get back to playing their best football against the struggling New Zealand Warriors side. Monday football, I've gone Parramatta being too strong for the Canterbury Bulldogs. Those are my tips for round 14. If we go over to my best bets, I think that uh, there's only one for me this week, and that's the fact that... Um, well, I'll go two, actually. I'll go... If we're just after a bet, a dollar ninety. I don't think you can go wrong with this. The Dragons, 14.5 start tomorrow night. I think... Uh, it's special. I think they might have gone down to twelve and a half. I'm even liking that. If you can get a dollar ninety-five to two bucks for it, go for it. I think the Dragons are specials to at least make it close this week. In terms of our top try, in terms of a try scoring market, I'm just going to say a couple of people that I think could score tries that you could put in a multi this week. And for the Rabbitohs, I think there's a lot of opportunity against the struggling Gold Coast Titans side to score a try. I think that um, you know, obviously, a lot of people will be on. Alex Johnson, because, you know, he's now the second, at oh, least the top Rabbitohs try scorer of all time, and he's one of the, you know, top 10 try scorers of all time. He's $1.60 to score a try. I really like to send it. Tane Milne, 310. Campbell Graham, 270. I think they both got a try in him. Cody Walker, 260. So if I'm picking one, I'm going to go Cody Walker at 260, but Tane Milne at 310 is really good. Um, I think there's also value in the Manly Tigers game. In terms of uh, the Tigers getting exposed, and it's same with the Cronulla Warriors game to the point where I think that Talakai, unstoppable out there on these wing, Talakai to score a try in this game, unbelievable, is 270. I think that is great value. I think you take it, you roll with it. Talakai, if you put it in another multi, hopefully it gets up, but I think Talakai at 270 is a definite option. Going over to Supercoach now, and, you know, who knows what shapes your teams are at this midpoint of the year. I'm around... It's struggling a little bit. I got five, I got 600 and something last week, I think, in the buy round. But I'm playing for competition because in my head-to-head, I'm, what, 27,000 or something like that. So um, if you don't, I think uh, a good purchase this week would be Ezra Main because if you don't have him, because he's 175, he's going to make a lot of cash. He's the obvious pick of the week. I also like um, Angus Cryden. I think he's been on fire lately. I brought him in a couple of weeks ago. It didn't disappoint me. 587,000, but if he doesn't make Origin 2, I think he, um, you know, just keeps tossing up these numbers. And if he does get into Origin, I think he just fires in the back of it. He's got 73, 84, and 83 in his last week. I think he's a tremendous buy. I think he's a must-have on the run home, and that's Angus Crichton. All right, well, thank you, guys. As I mentioned, it's been a huge week. State of Origin 1 didn't go the way us Blues fans wanted, but... Um, I hope you enjoy your football this weekend. Hopefully we can get back to the winner's circle. I've gotten a couple upsets. Um, and I'll see you next time on the show. Enjoy your football this weekend. And thank you guys for listening, as always, to Steve's NRL Footy Tips.